And this morning, we want to honor every generation, but specifically, I want to start by honoring grandparents in the room. Can you stand up if you're a grandparent right now? Go ahead and stand up. Let's give it up for our grandparents. Amen. Thank you, grandparents. I wouldn't be here without you. Amen. <laughs> but we're so blessed to have a wonderful legacy of grandparents here at Trinity Fellowship Church. You see, National Grandparents Day was actually started in 1973 by West Virginia. And it takes place the Sunday following Labor Day every year. September was the month chosen because it signified the autumn years of life. So, grandparents, I have good news for you. You're not old, you're in your autumn years. Turn to another grandparent and say, I'm not old, I'm in my autumn years. You can tell them that anytime. But this morning, church, I want to talk to you about generations. And the title of my message this morning is Every Generation Needs Honor. Every Generation Needs Honor. Have you ever turned on the news? And notice what they say about generations. And if we can get the slides up. Have you ever turned on the news and notice what they say about generations? If you turn on CNN, you'll probably see their anchors bashing the older generations. Anybody ever seen this? Right? They'll blame them for why we're in the mess we're in today. And you'll probably see them talk about how out of touch conservative candidates are with the younger generations. Anybody seen this? But on the other hand, if you turn on Fox News, you'll probably see their anchors bashing the younger generations, telling them how entitled they are and how they've never had to work for anything in their ungrateful lives. Anybody seen this? Every generation needs honor. And this morning we're going to talk about generations. I believe that a crucial part of Trinity Fellowship Church and especially the future of our church is being multi generational. Psalms 145.4 says this, one generation commends your works or commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. You see, many ministry leaders have prophesied that the Lord wants to merge the mission of the younger and older generations in this next season. In fact, you may have even heard it prophesied that this merging will bring on a great end times revival and a harvest of souls. Amen? And I believe that God's heart is for every church and every ministry that's raised up to have the merging of generations. Bill Johnson of Bethel says, one generation's ceiling should become the next generation's floor. Right? But see, I believe this verse goes in both directions. But you see, the older generation declares what God did and all the great mighty acts that they've seen and the testimony of who he is. But then the younger generation declares to the older what God is currently doing in their culture. Amen? It goes both directions. And this requires honor. But how many of you have sensed that there's tension among generations in America right now? You may have even sensed this tension among generations in your own family. Right? But every generation needs honor. So let's first, let's define our terms. What does generation actually mean? Generation, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, is all the people of about the same age within a society. 
So what do we do in Western culture? We love to classify things. So we take everyone born within a 15 to 20 year span and we put a label of a generation on them. And it's pretty helpful, right? And we come up with names and characteristics for them. So how has the United States typically classified generations? And I'm using data from the Pew Research Center. First, the silent generation. These are people born from 1928 to 1945. Go ahead and raise your hand if you're part of the silent generation. Amen. Let's give it up for the silent generation. Amen. Fun fact, you're called the silent generation for two reasons. You're called the silent generation for two reasons. The first reason comes from Time magazine in 1951. Time said the most startling fact about the younger generation is its silence. With rare exceptions, youth is nowhere near the platform. By comparison with the flaming youth of their fathers and mothers, today's younger generation is a still, small flame. It does not issue manifestos, make speeches, or carry posters. It's been called the silent generation. The second reason is a common phrase was popularized around this time, and if you're part of the silent generation, I can guarantee you've heard it. Children are to be seen and not heard. So you can see how that phrase led to the silent generation. The silent generation is characterized by clear goals, a high regard for tradition, and a very strong moral compass. Three words to describe the silent generation would be loyal, fair, and wise. You are the smallest generation by population size. There's 19.1 million people in the silent generation. Let's give it up for the silent generation one more time. Amen. Amen. Next we have the baby boomers. These are those born from 1946 to 1964. Raise your hand if you're a baby boomer. Amen. Let's clap for our baby boomers. Now, as many of you know, the term baby boomer comes from the fact that there was a huge boom of babies after World War II. There were many soldiers coming home from the war, and there was a sense of national stability and pride that made your parents want to start booming out kids, right? <laughs> there was also a lot of medical breakthroughs happening around this time that made the infant mortality rate go way down, so many kids made it, right? Uh, the baby boomer generation is characterized by a strong work ethic, great ambition, and a high sense of commitment and loyalty to organizations. Three words to describe the baby boomers would be ambitious, ethical, and competitive. You're the second largest generation by population size, with 70.2 million people in your generation. Let's give it up for the baby boomers again. <laughs> Amen. Next we have Gen X. These are people born from 1965 to 1980. Raise your hand if you're Gen X. All right, let's give them a round of applause. Gen Xers, I apologize. There's not a really cool story behind your name. Sorry. But your name does come from a novel called Generation X, actually. Its author, and maybe you can identify with this, its author said there was an X category of people who wanted to hop off the merry-go-round of status, money, and social climbing that so often framed modern existence. Interesting. Uh, you Gen Xers, unfortunately, don't get talked about much in the media because you're sandwiched in between 
the two more infamous generations, the baby boomers and the millennials. You're the, but you're characterized by being adaptable because you grew up during much of the technological revolution. Uh, you love flexibility and autonomy in their lives and you desire a healthy work-life balance. Three words to describe Gen X, honest, adaptable, and collaborative. You're the second smallest generation by population size with 65.8 million people. Let's give it up for Gen X. All right, next we have Millennials. Go ahead and give yourself a hand, Millennials. Classic Millennials. Could have seen it coming. These are people born from 1981 to 1996. Uh, millennials have an obvious name, name connection to the turn of the millennium, right? When many of, in our generation, and I'm a millennial, came of age. Uh, interestingly enough, an alternate name for millennials is echo boomers because millennials also were part of a baby boom and they're part of the two biggest generations in American society. Uh, millennials are characterized by a love of collaboration and cooperation and they thrive on connection and relationship. Millennials, you can let me know if this is true. They love to question the status quo and want to know the why behind the what. Three words to describe millennials, empowering, intentional, and connecting. We are the largest generation by population size with 72.2 million people. Give it up for the millennials, or else they'll have to give it up for themselves. All right, next we have Gen Z. We'll go ahead and give it up for them. Gen Z is people born from 1997 to 2012. Gen Z is simply called this because they come after Gen X and Gen Y, which are millennials. Some scholars have termed this generation iGen because of their connection to modern technology such as iPhones, iPads, etc. Gen Z, you're characterized by wanting to find meaning and purpose in everything you do. Whereas previous generations worked to pay the bills, you want to work for a higher purpose. And the values of the organizations you're involved in hold great weight. Three words to describe Gen Z. Impactful, purposeful, and flexible. You're right in the middle as the third largest generation with 68.6 million people. Let's give it up for Gen Z. And last but certainly not least, this generation's all in children's church or nursery, but Gen A, those born from 2013 to now. Um, Gen A is termed that way for now because it's simply after Gen Z. Uh, no population or statistics about who they are are quite ready yet because of the youth of this generation. So to recap, we have the silent generation, 1928 to 1945. The Baby Boomers, 1946 to 1964. Gen X, 1965 to 1980. Millennials, 1981 to 1996. Gen Z, 1997 to 2012. And Gen A, 2013 to the present. So those are American generations. But I also want to talk about some of the differences in our generation. For those of you who are grandparents, Raise your hand if there's things your grandkids do that you don't understand. Anybody have that, that issue? It's a little bit common. Even if you're a parent, raise your hand if there's things your kids do that you don't understand. All the parents are like, can I raise both hands? 
youth in the room. Raise your hand if there's things your parents or grandparents say or do that do not make sense to you. Okay. Every generation is different. In fact, most older generations do not understand the ones that come after them. It's okay, right? Let me give you some quotes, and I want to see if you can guess when these quotes were said or written. All right, let's all do this together. First quote, young people are high-minded because they have not yet been humbled by life, nor have they experienced the force of circumstance. They think they know everything and are always quite sure about it. Some of you are like, oh, I said that yesterday, right? <laughs> Who do you think said it? Aristotle, 4th century B.C. Let me give you another one. Maybe you can guess this one. The morals of children are tenfold worse than formerly. Hmm. We see that in our generation, right? Speech to the House of Commons in England, 1843. Let me give you another one. There is, as never before, an attitude on the part of young folk which is best described as grossly thoughtless, rude, and utterly selfish. Whole Daily Mail, 1925. And last but not least, probably there is no period in history in which young people have given such emphatic utter utterance to a tendency to reject that which is old and to wish for that which is new. Portsmouth Evening News, 1936. You see, each generation tends to view the next after it as lesser, right? Both in, both in terms of morals, values, culture, beliefs. It's just what we do. Uh, author Margaret Oliphant summed it up by saying, I suppose every generation has a conceit of itself which elevates it in its own opinion above that which comes after it. And this is so easy to do, right? Because uh, you go through life, you figure out what works for you, you set your mind around traditions, morals, values, beliefs, and you say, this is true and time-tested for me. And then the younger generation comes along and it looks like they have contempt for the very things that you hold so dear. And there's this tension, right? But it's not only coming from the older generations to the younger. I don't want to make that mistake. That's not the only criticism in our culture today. In fact, the older generations don't have the greatest reputation in American society right now. Uh, AARP did a study in which they found that media portrayal of the elderly is much more negative than that of the younger. They, said, they saw that TV marketing campaigns displayed people 50 and under positively 96% of the time. Only 4% negative. But when it switched to people 50 and over, it was positive only 72% of the time, negative 28%. That's seven times more negativity directed at the older generation. And I want to ask you this. When's the last time you watched a modern movie or TV show that portrayed someone 50 or older as really wise? Right? Maybe the only ones I could think of offhand were maybe Lord of the Rings with Gandalf or Star Wars with the Master Yoda. But there's not many out there, right? The older generations aren't looked at very well in modern society. And there's even a phrase that younger generations have come up with for older generations. Maybe you've heard this phrase. Okay, boomer. Anybody heard this? Okay, I'm going to explain it to you. This is a reference 
specifically to baby boomers. Now, this phrase originated in a social media video in which an older man started criticizing the younger generations, specifically millennials and Gen Z, for living in what he termed was a Peter Pan reality. In reaction to this, a younger person dismissed him by saying, okay, boomer, right, as a way of dismissing his words. Haven't noticed the generational tension is real. And if you haven't seen this phrase on social media, I guarantee you'll see it soon. <laughs> I love it. You see, but I also believe that the older generations are being attacked by the younger generations for their biblical beliefs and morals. Older generations, I want to honor you, and I'm going to show you what I mean. If you look at the faith identity by generation, you can see, and, and by the way, they term, uh, Barna Group terms the uh, silent generation, they call it the elder generation. But you can see that the percentage of self-identified Christians has gone from 83% in the silent generation down to 64% in millennials. And I bet you it's even lower in Gen Z. Practicing Christians, you can see the downward slope as you go from the older to the younger. Let me show you this. Beliefs about moral issues by generation. And this one has all the way from Gen Z to the silent generation. Lying is morally wrong. Look at that very first one. 61% and 54% of silent and boomer generations say it's wrong. Only 34% of Gen Z believes it. Right? Look at this third one. Marriage should be a lifelong commitment between a man and a woman. 66% of the silent generation believes that. Only 37% of millennials and 38% of Gen Z believes that. That's troubling, right? It's troubling. Uh, we even have differences in how we see government, right? If you're Gen Z, there's a good chance that you believe the government should do more to solve problems instead of leaving things to businesses and individuals. But as you get older, we see you change your mind, and they believe, we believe, as the older generations believe, that businesses and individuals should do more instead of government, right? These are values that are so different. Lastly, you may have said, man, it seems like people don't get married young anymore. You're right. If you look here, this is the percentage of people married by age 32 in each generation. The silent generation, 65%. Two out of every three people were married by the time they were 32. Millennials, 26. I don't know, we don't have statistics on Gen Z yet, but it's probably not much higher. You see... We're called to learn from and honor the older generations, younger generations in the room. There are biblical beliefs, morals, and values that they have, right? And in the same way, it's common for the older generations to believe the younger generations to lump them in with just the stereotype of the culture. But we're called to honor both ways. Amen? You see, God wants to bring generations together and it will only happen through honor. I'm going to tell you how this morning. First, I want to ask this question. What is honor? When we talk about honoring generations, what does that actually mean? Honor is simply this. Placing a value on someone else above the value you place on yourself. And I got this from Romans 12.10. 
Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And the word honor in the original language actually means to put a value on something. So you've ever been in a store and you've seen a price tag, right? That price tag shows how much value the item is worth. How much value are we putting on other generations, right? And we should honor others because of their inherent value. We should give them a higher price tag than we even give ourselves. We honor one another above ourselves. Amen? So, we have to honor each other. So how do we do this, though? Right? How do we even make this honor happen? I want to give you three keys to honoring other generations. Three keys. Number one, honor starts with empathy. Honor starts with empathy. Hebrews 13.3 in the Passion Translation says, Identify with those who are in prison as though you were there suffering with them, and those who are mistreated as if you could feel their pain. It's a powerful verse. Author Stephen Covey shares a story about an experience he had on a subway in New York. It was Sunday morning, and the passengers were sitting quietly, napping, reading the newspaper, lost in thought. But the peaceful scene changed when a man and his children suddenly boarded. The children were loud and rambunctious, and they disrupted the entire car. The man sat down beside Covey, seemingly oblivious to the situation. The children were yelling, throwing things, and even grabbing people's papers. It was very disturbing, and yet the man did nothing. Covey fought the feelings of irritation that rose in him, but as the confusion grew worse, he finally turned and said, Sir, your children are really disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you couldn't control them a little more. The man lifted his gaze as if coming to himself. Then he said softly, Oh, you're right. I guess I should do something about it. We just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to think, and I guess they don't know how to handle it either. Covey, reflecting on that moment, said, Can you imagine what I felt in that moment? My paradigm shifted. Suddenly I saw things differently, and because I saw differently, I thought differently, I felt differently, I behaved differently. My irritation vanished, my heart was filled with the man's pain. Feelings of sympathy and compassion flowed freely. Everything changed in an instant. Gen Zers, millennials in the room, there are things the older generation is struggling with. There's things they're struggling with in physical health, in feeling like tra their traditional values are being overthrown, in feeling like the country that they knew and loved is changing for the worse. And there's pain. Can we identify with that pain, even if we don't always understand? Older generations in the room, there are things the younger generations are going through and struggling with. There is mental health issues. There is a crippling pandemic of anxiety. There's sexuality bro and brokenness. Can you identify with that pain, even if you don't understand it? See, honor starts with empathy. 
The second key. Honor does not mean agreement. Honor doesn't mean agreement. Romans 14, verses 1 through 3 says this. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinion. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. You see, we can honor and value each other even when we disagree. I remember the moment I had to choose to honor somebody that I definitely disagreed with. I was youth pastoring in college at a church in Flint. And we had a dinner together as a church every Wednesday night. And we'd always have conversation. It was older and younger talking. And one night, the conversation, for whatever reason, turned to the topic of race. And we had an older man. He was an older white man. His name was Pop. Pop had about six teeth left. He was a good, nice old man, but he said something all of a sudden that shocked me. Pop said, I don't believe any of the races should mix, and I definitely don't think they should get married. That's what Pop said. I was kind of taken aback. I thought I had heard him wrong. I'm engaged to a Hispanic woman at this point. So I said, Pop, wait a second. You're saying you don't think it's right for people of different races to date or get married? And he said, yep just like the good Lord intended it to be. And I was like, oh, okay. That was a moment I realized I can get really upset right now and I can tell Pop off. Or you know what I can do? I can honor him even though I disagree. And I believe to this day, I believe Pop is in heaven right now. I believe he is, but he had some mindsets that I could not wrap my brain around, Right? We can honor each other even if we disagree. I'm going to be completely honest, even about our services here at Trinity Fellowship Church. Personally, I think the light should be dim during worship. I think the music should be way louder. I think the messages should have visual aids. I even think the messages should be shorter. And if you're 40 or under, you probably agree with me and you're nodding your head right now. You probably are, right? But it, and if you're older, you're probably saying, I don't know if I agree with that, right? There's a good chance you are. My point is, I can honor even if I don't agree. Amen? Amen? Because some of you in this room may even have a personal opinion when you come into church about how people should dress, how they should worship, the type of worship they should express, right? There's all these opinions. But can we choose honor even when? We don't agree. You see, honor doesn't mean agreement. Number three, the last one. Honor ends with love. Honor ends with love. And worship team, you could come up right now. 1 Peter 4.8 in the Passion Translation says this. It says, above all, constantly echo God's intense love for one another. For love will be a canopy over a multitude of sin. You see, I'm going to be honest. In church, one of the things that can get us more than anything else is this right here, a multitude of sins. When we disagree, when we see someone doing something wrong, but can we love other generations 
Can we love and forgive people even when they do things that we don't like? Even when we're like, I don't understand why you do what you do. Can we love? I want to end with this story. This is Crystal and I. We were at, we went to uh, Sequoia National Park in California one year ago. And as you can see, the tree we're under is absolutely gigantic. That's a sequoia tree. And sequoias are part of the redwood tree family. You've probably heard of redwoods or sequoias. And something interesting is that these trees in California are considered the largest things on earth. They're over 300 feet high, and they're over 2,500 years old. So you know what you'd think? You know what I would think? I would think that they had a root system that goes all the way into the ground, hundreds of feet down to support the trees, right? You'd think that. No. The roots don't, don't go down to the ground at all. The roots spread out. And the roots actually intertwine with roots from other trees. And it's said that if you tried to plant a sequoia or a redwood by itself, it would not withstand any storms. It would not withstand anything. It would fall over, it wouldn't grow, because the roots would not be intertwined. You see, I believe this is God's heart for Trinity Fellowship Church. One generation may try to stand tall on their own, but if isolated, it will end in disaster. One generation can't carry the move of God, what he wants to do in this hour. One generation cannot do what God wants to do at Trinity Fellowship Church. But God is calling us to be intertwined, to be intertwined as generations because he knows that's when we are the strongest. Because every generation needs. Now, I want us to do something